Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM digital three CR dot org dot AU and on demand out of the pan with Sally on first going live to air on a Sunday afternoon covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex gender, um, but of course um, knowing no boundaries of classical rock music, classic rock music that is. Three um, CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the original inhabitants, and we pay respects to elders past and present including our LGBTIQ elders, who in turn include sister girls and brother boys. We acknowledge their amazing contributions to diversity on and around the land. And welcome to listeners of all genders, including but not limited to ladies and gentlemen. Lots of ways to get in touch um, with the show today. And there's um, um, have one guest eagerly awaiting and will be eagerly joined by another one soon. Um, um, also, of course, thanks to the, the crew from Out of the Blue, Diving Deep, the Marine News, as they do every Sunday from 11.30 till noon. Um, ways to get in touch with the show, out of the pan 855 at gmail.com. You can text at slash SMS 61401078981. Tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. Or look for the posts about the show on Facebook on my page or out of the pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. Well, as I say, lots of um, ways to get in touch with the show. And lots of great, two great guests um, to ask questions to today um, because we're talking about carers. That's why we opened up with um, the classic from the Andrew Durant Memorial Concert, Look After Yourself. I have a saying, I'm, I'm the best person to do self-care. In a way, it applies to all 7 billion of us on the planet. We've got to do it. Um, that's not a selfish thing. It's, you know, you can't help others if you can't help yourself. And to talk about um, that theme and with probable emphasis on the rainbow is the fabulous Meredith Butler, who is um, a very familiar um, voice on 3CR over the years. Um, Meredith, welcome to you from Carers Victoria. Thanks, Sally. Not so familiar on 3CR in the last couple of years, but it feels like coming home, sitting in the studio here with you. So it's lovely to be here. It's a nice little home, isn't it? It's very cosy, very cosy. We do like um, our... um, our studio here and our second guest is very very close by ah, um, looking uh, on the monitor there looking on the monitor <laughs> yes you know all the secrets here i better be i better be on my better hit the coffee very quickly and get on my guard but um we might sort of start with the proverbial helicopter view and um you know sort of just ask um what care you know let's start from the top let's say carers vic um what exactly uh, you know broadly even is it is it about 
Um, so we are the statewide organisation that gives a voice to uh, unpaid family and friend carers. Um, so one of the biggest things that uh, can be quite confusing is just the fact that a lot of people think of carers as being paid care workers and that's the term we use in Australia whereas, um, for example, in America they tend to use um, carers for paid workers and caregivers for family and friends. But whichever yeah. term we use, um, we are the organisation that advocates for and supports unpaid family and friend carers. Yeah, so it's a, it's a broad it's a broad term, and I think you've hit a good point. Regardless of the term, of course, um, we all know about labels in the rainbow community. Exactly, it's you know to use a, a the quote the fabulous Janet Hardy, um, labels need to be descriptive, not prescriptive, um, and um, you know I think that that's an important thing because we maybe tend to think of caregivers maybe as someone who does residential care and goes and showers someone or something or you know works in an aged care or nursing home or something but of course it's a lot more yeah it is so um there's been quite a number of studies over the years into family and friend carers and um there's lots of stats we can talk about and we might unpack a few of them as we go along but um it's at this of this time on a sunday we don't want to get too too heavy into the figures but um what we do know is that um it there, if the government had to pay for uh, the number of the amount of work that family and friends do in supporting um, people with either a disability, um, with a mental illness or a, a chronic illness, older people with care needs, um, any of those kind of types of support, um, then it would cost the community $15 billion annually in Victoria is the latest figure. Now, I know that doesn't mean a lot, but it does give a picture for the amount of um, often invisible and un unsung work that people do. So, Helen, that's $15 billion in just Victoria, not all the other states. That's right. That's right. It's huge. Yeah, well, I'll take about $15 million of that, thanks. And, um, you know, everyone else can have the rest yeah, between that's right. them. That, yeah. And I'll go off and, you know, retire into the surf coast or something. Um, you know, so, yeah, it is a lot of valuable, we'll say, input leading to valuable output um, to be a carer. And, um, you know, um, Carers Vic obviously supports that. And we are joined in the studio by another representative of Carers Vic, um, Gabriel, um, who's no stranger to 3CR. You've been in here as well. Um, welcome welcome back. Thanks, Sally. Good to have you here. Um, you, as I always say, you're silly enough to come back. No, <laughs> so, yeah, we're just um, having a chat about the value of the work of carers. And, um, you, know, um, you know, there's obviously similarities for human beings um, across the board, but... What are the similarities and differences when we're talking, you know, rainbow, queer, LGBTIQ type of people? And let's drill, let's keep drilling further. Are there differences across, say, LGBTIQ and what, from what we know, maybe of polyamory in terms of caring as well? There definitely are, and that's one of the things that we're very, very careful to talk about is that while we, like everybody else, we talk about LGBTIQ as an umbrella term because it helps in terms of advocacy and um, in terms of funding and in terms of people uh, recognising themselves as part of a bigger community, there are really big differences between those groups. And um, we might in a minute maybe talk about some sort of stories and examples yeah. that will illustrate that. But what we know in terms of the experience for carers is that there's some really common ones for all carers 
and this is why I'm really glad you started with self-care because they really um, set the scene for why we need self-care. So some of those are um, guilt, a sense of duty and beliefs, the expectations of others, um, being exhausted and, and busy with all the caregiving responsibilities. Many carers feel disempowered and confused by the system and they're not alone in that. I think we all find that as well, the health system, the mental health system, the disability system, particularly with NDIS coming in, can be very confusing. Um, And a lack of information. Financial hardship is a huge one, people having to give up work um, in order to fulfil their caring role and social isolation um, and physical and mental stress. So those things are things that are in common for all carers um, and are more or less of an issue but um, explain why we need to do the self-care. Yeah, and I think there's another angle that we could add on in terms of work, either giving up work or perhaps trying to keep going with some degree of work and which adds to that overload if you're trying to do it before you go off to you in reason of assuming nine to five-ish. You know, you go off to before you do it in the morning, can't do it when you come home at nine and then trying to run a house and then catch up on your own personal emails or whatever. You know, it just adds to that, um, you know, load on your shoulders. Absolutely. And and a, um, something that's similar to that is for young carers. There are many young carers um, in Victoria. They're a particularly invisible and hidden group. Ah. And they, um, so this might be a um, someone caring for a parent with a mental health issue gotcha. or with an alcohol and drug problem, someone who maybe their parent has MS and they're looking after their kids as well, the, the siblings as well. Um, and so for them, even juggling study and even turning up to school is a big issue. And Gabriel um, has the portfolio for young carers amongst his um, portfolios. So do you want to say anything about young carers while we're here at the moment? Um, just that there's, yeah, obviously there's a lot of difficulties um, identifying young carers. Mm. Um, and some of that can be related to, I suppose, fears about judgments that might be made in regards to parenting and they might be afraid that you know social services would step in and remove them from the home or or that sort of thing um and you know it can be unnoticed perhaps in in particular communities where family roles are considered um quite important and there's sort mm-hmm. of a understanding that oh well you know children always look after their parents um, when their parents are in need, but you know the extent of the responsibilities um, might not be discussed, and that's where you know it can sort of be hidden and, and perhaps not noticed by schools until the young person's slipping behind in their studies, or you know finding um, you know even just socialising quite difficult. Yeah, or absent, or who knows, falling mm, asleep right. in yeah. class, or something. Exactly. Yeah. And I suppose the thought that's come to me: we sometimes live in a society that stereotypes mind. As, you know, I call it awareness fairy syndrome that, you know, people have no emotional intelligence or reasoning and for 17 years and 364 days and then the awareness fairy comes along the night before their 18th birthday. Whereas here are young people who have obviously got to do some emotional growth um, probably at a, on average, a more rapid rate than a lot of other people. And that, yeah, they're probably being penalised in some one way or another for for that, so how much does also I'm going to use the term youth phobia come into that sort of um, what the situation where minors are caring for an adult for an adult in their lives? Yeah, well, I think young people experience various 
uh, levels and different types of discrimination and certainly you know assumptions about what a young person is capable of um, you know can be part of that when it comes to a young person um, undertaking caring roles uh, I guess the other thing to consider too is um, you know how can we support young people um, who who want to have some level of caring responsibility and that that's really important to them. Um, and, but at the same time sort of balance it. So it's not so overwhelming that, mm. you know, it sort of removes, um, you know, it erodes the young person's capacity to manage and, and that can then be a very, you know, bad outcome for the young person's self-esteem, but also of course, for the person, um, that they're supporting. Yeah. And many, many young carers do, grow up fast as you as you alluded to there Sally they're extremely um, I mean we know lots most young people have pretty amazing sort of emotional intelligence if they're given the chance to express it but for young carers they grow up very fast they're um, often expected to be adults way before their time so that just even not getting the chance to do the things that um, young people do um, and a lot often they're very nervous about it even quite apart from the systemic reasons why they might not want to say that their parent is needs care also um just amongst their friends it can often be a source of um they're not quite sure if it's something that their friends will accept or understand so if we put the lgbtiq lens on that i Mm. guess then um the young carers that we've worked with who um, are either um lesbian gay trans i'm just thinking of some of the individuals that we've been working with um non-gender non-binary for some of them there's some real issues around um, that process of coming out so for most of us if we come out in the teenage years there's it's like anything else we do in expressing our um, identity in the teenage years there's a bit of separation required there's a bit of you know um, you've got to kind of make your identity um, separate from your family and if you're the main caregiver in the family your identity is fully in the family that that um, mm. that role so we find for a lot of people they young people they might be um, reluctant to actually talk about or express their their um, questioning sexuality or gender identity because um, they're not sure what impact it might have within the home, for example, or they're very tied in emotionally to that role and so it doesn't give them the, the either the physical or the emotional or mental space to actually explore um, other, other forms of identity. Yeah. Mm, lots to think about in their work. What we might do is we'll have a quick track, which... Gosh, again, could be thematic, um, and then have a couple of messages come back, and then we might drill into some of the the sto- you know the sort of stories that you've heard and see how it can relate. And we've apparently got stories for goodness me, every letter of the rainbow alphabet if we need them. So, if you want to hear a particular story, um, you know, we'll put your vote in first. Um, so, you know, send us a text. I've noticed one's come in. We'll come to that after the messages. And um, But we'll certainly get to them one by one because, of course, there could be variations across the board. 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au and on demand, out of the pan with Sally and guests Meredith and Gabriel. Like in Canada and in Australia, they cannot discharge tailings directly into the riverways. But in Pogara, they discharge their tailings in the waterways and they kill us and they say it's okay. You are just being killed for trespassing. Subscribe to 3CR, bringing you voices and opinions the mainstream media don't dare touch. 
they have the exclusive right to extract the minerals below six feet, but that exclusive right does not permit them also to kill people. Who does the killing? The company has uh, specially arranged security forces. Subscribe today. Call 9419 Hello, I'm Vadran from the Yoga Collective and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855am or streaming for 3cr.org.eu. Here. 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, um, covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender, with guests from Carers Vic, um, Meredith and Gabriel. And we've had two texts come in. Hey, roving reporter, you're back. Um, one of our regular correspondents, must, must have been roving far and wide, um, has mentioned that um, it's a wonderful conversation. Carers are the silent achievers in our community, so I'll back that. And also says, I have a medical practitioner in my family and he sees carers for their respective roles. Yes, we've got to talk about who cares for the carer. Yes. Um, and here's a good question, which we can cover. We've got so much to cover, but um, what type of government funding and initiatives are done currently to support carers? So do we want to th- we'll dive in and throw with Roving's um, question there? Yeah, or, why not? Yeah. Gabriel and I are both looking at each other. <laughs> All right, we can, um, you can, you can um, cogitate on that while we do something else. Yeah, too. no, no, that's Live fine. Live radio it's, people of all genders. <laughs> it's probably a good, um, a good place to start. So while we're a not-for-profit, pretty much all of our funding comes from government, both state and federal, and there's a whole range of programs that get cobbled together to make up that. So there's a national counselling program, nationally funded counselling program, care counselling program. There's um, a national advisory line, which is just help at the end of the phone. If anyone um, needs any advice or any support, they can ring and find that out. There's an education program, which is where where my role sits in the education team. And so we um, go out and do workshops both with carers that's our primary funding, um, a lot of the state government funding for carers in self-care and ad- self-advocacy and um, how to support themselves better, getting respite. But we also do a whole range of um, education with um, service providers on how to be, how to recognise carers uh, mm. coming into their service because um, we know that very often it's the person on the other side of the desk of the GPs or the physio or whoever um, bringing the person in, bringing the patient in for the appointment, um, the, they can see how stressed that person is, but they don't have time to, to deal with that necessarily. And so that's where we come in. Um, our policy and research is also um, a, a sort of more of a Commonwealth sort of role. And Gabriel might want to talk about that a little bit. Sure. So Carers Victoria have a, a small research and policy team, mm-hmm. um, of which I'm I'm one. Um, my portfolios that I tend to um, are the mental health, young carers and diversity portfolio. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of this work is around advocating um, for better outcomes, policy changes and initiatives and legislative um, changes that could better the the outcomes for carers that are using a lot of community and social services. Um, So that requires uh, also regular 
work with um, people undertaking research at universities, for example, as well. Um, and, you know, we sort of examine where the gaps are in service delivery, where the gaps are in, in knowledge and communities, particularly, you know, such as LGBTI communities. There's, there's very little available research on carers in LGBTI communities. So by undertaking sort of re- research projects with with academics and so on, we, we can then collate that information, put it forward in policy submissions and include that knowledge in policy submissions to government and advise them on, you know, what areas there could be improvements made in. Fair enough. So, yeah, um, a lot of, you know, sort of going on there, gosh. (laughs) The other thing we probably should mention is the respite centres because that's more the sort of um, the regional... um, funded services and there we run the western region but there are nine regional respite services around victoria mm-hmm. so um alfred health um runs one in the southeast mary health in the north so there's a whole range of different organizations and that's very much the hands-on um you know, mental health, aged care, disability, supporting carers to negotiate those systems and get the supports they need. Fair enough, yep. And I just, um, you mentioned three of the, we'll say metro ones, but um, the, I suppose the question is sometimes our regional and rural, um, well, queer people in particular feel a bit isolated. Mm. Where, where are some of the ones um, and who runs them around um, met, um, you know, regional and rural, if you can throw a couple at us? Sure. So Bendigo Health, um, for example, runs one that goes right up to um, sort of through Shepparton. Um, you're testing my memory here without it written down, Sally, but um, right up to the river, yep. so right up to the north. Um, and then um, Ballarat Health runs a big one out out to the the sort of northwest um barwon health runs geelong and past down past geelong so uh gippsland so latrobe latrobe health runs um community health down in the gippsland area so um tend to be in the in the health services community health uh space but there are some other organizations um not-for-profit organisations like Villa Maria and um, Life Assist that also run some as well. So um, they're all up on our website and people can oh. find them. But but more simply than that, um, the 1800 number that we'll keep talking about because it's the one that we, we like to keep... Um, keep saying, which is 1800-242-636, that that will get you access to all of those. That's a sort of one-stop number to refer you to all of those services. Yep. All right. Um, So, yeah, lots of services. Um, Now, we promised after the first thing we were going to do some specific examples, and we haven't quite got to that, so we might just do a another track and then we'll live up to our promise and um, yeah more messages in from roving reporter um, who thanks us for the reply and asks how I'm going yeah I'll pass on that one um, but um, let's have a listen to um, some well let's keep it not um, let's have some 80s music um, just for just for a change on this show um, his simple minds and sanctify yourself 3cr 855 am digital 3cr.org.au out of the pan um, with Sally. And, of course, there's a technical hitch. Well, what would live radio be without it? Um, um, so we'll just um, have to dig out another track for now. Um, let's have um, instead Russell Morris and um, Stay With You from an, a late 80s album. 3CR, 855M Digital, 3cr.org.au, 
Out of the Pan with Sally. 3CR 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au and on demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. And um, yes, talking to Meredith and Gabriel from Carers Vic. And for information on um, Carers, 1-800-242-636. That number again. No, we won't. This is not a set of steak knives. It's more important. Now, we promised we'd, um, amongst so many things we need to get through, there's just so much to talk about as we move into the second half of the program. We'd give some sort of real-life stories, obviously de-identified, of parts of the rainbow. And um, I'm going to be making an executive decision, and because it's usually the first letter in our rainbow alphabet, let's start with B. Do we have any by stories? Well, we do. The buy story I've got here is actually the one I told you before a little bit. So Holly, Holly being a 16 years of age bisexual um, young woman who's the primary carer for her mum who has MS and her little brothers. She struggles to balance study with her responsibilities at home. She's been going out with Sarah for 18 months and is out to her closest friends, but she hasn't come out to her mum about their relationship as she doesn't know how she'll react and doesn't want to worry her. So that was the young carer story we told before. Um, Of course, we know for people who are bisexual that there is always the discrimination in both directions, both Mm -hmm. from the LGBTIQ community and from the mainstream community. And I suppose one of the things that has come out um, a lot in terms of the carer stories is and, and interacting with service providers is the um, invisibility, um, so the capacity to, to be invisible as a bisexual person, particularly if at that moment the person is in a relationship with you know with someone of the opposite gender, then means often they're they're not recognised. So yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. No, a bit, a bit, you know, it sort of adds that other layer to buy invisibility for sure. Um, sometimes the other, another part of the rainbow that gets less attention um, or less understand and or less understanding, if you like, is the eye. What um, you know? Do we have? I'm not, I have to say, I do know a story of a person who is intersex, who is a carer, but as an older adult for their mother. And there's a well, a training clip that lots of people I think around the country have seen, and I, I think it's okay to mention the fabulous Gina Wilson who. Mm. Um, cares for her mum. Yeah. Um, so, but is there any? Do you have a story yourself there? Well, I think I mean for all the letters when 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 um, when we're caring for an elderly parent, a child with a disability, for example, then there's going to be some very similar stories, but also that added discrimination and and access to services. But the other one in terms of um, someone who's supporting a friend who's intersex and perhaps has ongoing need for um, you know interaction with the health system due to medical interventions uh. in early life, for example. Um, and um, this is a story that, and I'm, again, I'm sure Gina won't mind um, me saying that Gina actually told at the um, Vowles Cafe conference oh, last course, year yeah. in October around trying to support someone, uh, a friend who is intersex, and the difficulties of access and discrimination both for the person but also um, coming back on to their they're the person trying to support them as well so yeah it can yeah. be you know it can be a difficult um situation and then intersex people face in a sense general queer phobia if that someone appears to be female and their partner is female they could be seen as a lesbian couple they go and visit their say Gina's mum in aged care and they could face discrimination on that regard as well so yeah there's those sort of double and triple whammy effects that I think we know about in communities that face negativity 
coming in a lot. Yeah, and we have to say there's almost no research that I'm aware of. Mm. There might have been some done in the last, say, 12 months, but there's almost no research into the um, needs and experiences of um, intersex people who are in a caring role um, and, you know, both internationally and in Australia. So there's a lot of um, thinking and and question asking and and, um, research to be done. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm not sure what happened. There was a, a lot, a huge range of qualitative stories of just intersex in general. I'm not sure where that's at. So I've just got a piece of homework to follow up on, because I, you know, I do have concerns that you know, well, anything that is either non-binary or perceived as non-binary as intersex sometimes is still sort of struggling. You know, non-binary trans people, um, bisexuality. So yeah, we need to do some binary busting. Um, you know, either of you want to throw in another one um, at random this time? Um. <laughs> well, in terms of the um, transgender experience of caring, so we've also had contact from uh, a transgender woman in the past who was um, caring for her partner, John, who had a chronic illness and and using um, pseudonyms here. Um, Marissa wanted to talk with other carers and and talk about you know, with the issues with people that know what it's like to support someone with a long-term medical condition. Um, and she considered joining a local carer support group in a small country town uh-huh. where she lived, but didn't know if they would welcome her as tra- as a transgender woman. Um, and so she decided not to attend. So their experiences that people might have with, with support groups, just trying to find a welcoming space to, to have discussions about their experiences. Yeah, and again, that you know, re- <clears throat> regional um, sort of, well, I won't say divide, but you know, the differences that can happen. Very conscious of that. Um, after, sorry, <clears throat> excuse me, having Kobe and Kirsten from Ballarat on a few weeks mm. ago, who are doing a great job up there trying to bridge that, or say bridge the gap, or equal things out of it. But it is a very big issue, and you know, it's breaking down. But mm. you know, still obviously distance to distance to travel, mm. well, literally and metaphorically. And I think part of the issue is, you know, there are a real lack of um, appropriate and affordable and accessible services anyway in in areas that are less well serviced. If you then add the lens of carer friendly services, and then you add the lens of LGBTIQ friendly services, you you you're making it more and more likely there won't be. Having said that, Sally, having travelled, met Kirsten and Kobe and travelled to quite a few of the towns that the roadshow roadshow is travelling to at the moment, um, I think we need to be careful in metropolitan Melbourne that we don't actually assume that it's all really tough out there because actually in some of the suburbs um, in Melbourne there's way more discrimination and way less... um, you know, access to services than in some of the regional hubs who are doing amazing things. But yeah, um, it's it, the actual number of services that are available is, yeah, is look, much less. Look, that yeah. is a fair point. Again, be, you know, breaking down. You know, it seems like only well, maybe five, somewhere five to ten years ago, Pride March was all about the inner city, and now it is breaking down. And I've just a quick digression. I had the the joy of going out to Cardinia on Wednesday night for the launch of the film Marcus about a sort of mockumentary, if you like, made by young people about a trans man, really good, and had them on the show a few weeks ago. But it's sort of, yeah, it's still sporadic. And, you know, um, 
there was also that piece of research about two years ago now from University of Western Sydney comparing inner metro to, well, everywhere else, and, yeah, huge difference. So that's mm. a fair call. Mm. Um, who, which letters have we got less? We, we didn't leave a bit out. We did a bit first, <coughs> B-I-T, but um, L and G um, and Q. And well, also, Ooh. if we've got any stories on ASEC, I was thinking asexual people who are carers and also polyamorous people if we have them. Mm. Well, I think in, in terms of um, – well, I can I can cover two more. So – um, in terms of gay relationships, and 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 this is applicable to to trans and and bi people. It's, it's applicable to all of us, really. But that's the big chestnut of relationship recognition and the role that that plays uh, for people who are caring for a partner. So, um, example of a gentleman um, Jose who cares for his partner of twenty three years, Simeon. And Simeon has dementia and Mm. Jose has been his primary carer for the past two and a half years. Uh, Jose is finding it harder and harder to manage um, and face his own health issues as a a result of the impacts of the caring role. Um, And his GP has suggested that the time has come to consider residential care for Simeon. Now, I suppose if you look at that, through the lens of the current legislation around relationships and and how people, um, you know, might be feeling that their relationship would be treated by services, um, being in a gay relationship, for example. So um, obviously Jose would have all of the same kind of uh, stresses as anyone else caring for a partner, um, but then there is that sort of, I suppose, um, ambiguity around how that relationship would, would be treated or validated by mm-hmm. service providers. And we've seen some um, great stories coming out of Fowl's Cafe, for example, around lesbian and gay particularly relationships and how... Um, and with older people and and the you know people straightening up their house before the care workers come or um, not choosing not to reveal or disclose to particular workers because they get sick get sick of telling the same story over and over again so many of the issues are exactly the same issues that any LGBTIQ people have when they access services I guess the point is that you know the carer support services are just one slice of the um, of the service system and so trying to make them inclusive and um, supportive of LGBTIQ people is a is a constant challenge um, and the other one I guess we haven't mentioned is for um, parents of children with disabilities so um, if you uh, have a child with a disability it's already a, a big role and a big learning curve um, if you are then from the LGBTIQ community, then maybe um, there are some added challenges. Uh, and the other one we always talk about just quickly is for um, people who have been out and proud and very strong in their um, identity yep. in town, in, in the city, having to go back to the country to look after a homophobic elderly parent where the siblings might be saying, oh, look, can you just tone it down a bit? Or, mm. you know, just maybe don't mention, you know, your life or your mm. partner because mum's not really that comfortable with it. And that is um, that is a big one as well. So um, yep. don't have any particular... P&A stories to hand right now, Sal, but I think they're probably very, you know, there's some similar issues but also even less understanding by services of, um, you know, of the issues. What, what we can say, um, however, though, is, is often when people talk about care relationships, they refer to 
as a default family. Mm-hmm. And we at Carers Victoria have the understanding of family as it's understood in LGBTIQ communities, and that might mean you know good friends or or neighbours or other partners as well. So we have the understanding that all of these people can make up a family experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're sometimes mm-hmm. called family of choice. That's yeah. right. Um, I yeah. think you've channelled our, our latest uh, question from roving reporter who asked about um, what about carers from a non-English-speaking background, um, NESB, but um, could, um, could also be um, considered, um, you know, referred to as multicultural, multi-faith or culturally, linguistically diverse. And specifically then, and is that more challenging as they have hostility from family because of their LGBTI status? Well, you know, you sort of, in a way, I think you've indirectly touched on it, but is there anything else in that one? Um, I think when it comes to uh, carers from... Um, culturally diverse backgrounds is is some of the assumptions that they can face from the community in terms of their cultural responsibilities to attend to the needs of family members um, or kin. Um, But also some of those generalisations can come from service providers as well and just assume that, you know, some communities are more caring um, and caring friendly than others and so it's just oh that's just the way that Chinese people do things or that's just the way that you know African communities are so there's those sorts Mm. of generalizations that can have really big impacts um, on people that are that might be struggling to um, maintain the the care relationship that's in in a healthy way just because they're not getting enough support so yeah that's definitely um an issue that has been um, yeah, brought to our attention before. Yeah. We, we do a lot of work with um, the called communities, the carer support groups, the called carer support groups out and around, um, particularly Melbourne. Um, but I would say similar to the other carer support groups, there's always that... Um, that sort of culture of a carer support group or a peer support group that is built up and that's not necessarily um, a culture. It, it may be very welcoming to LGBTIQ people, but it, it uh, people like Marissa might be um, not even confident to even go into yeah. a um, carer mm. support group. So, um, yeah, that would Which be... comes back to the do the education and then tell people you've done it sort of approach. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And just to wrap up our sort of specifics sort of section or does it, we will get to i'm desperate to make up from people who missed out on this simple mind um we'd better have a breather um you know i am thinking polly yes in one sense there's more you know there's a tribe there's a constellation call it what you will and more caring but you know it could mean that you know if something um isn't quite right between poly people or metamors but i suppose you know monosexual people have in-laws um all that sort of stuff there could be ups and downs there too so lots to consider. All right, I better have better have a breather, and then we will come back and just do some tips. Who cares for the carer and how? And then we'll have to make way for freedom of species at one. So we'll just have a quick bit of um, simple minds, and then come back with the last segment. Three CR eight five five AM digital. Three CR dot org dot au. Out of the pan with Sally and guests Meredith and Gabriel, with great input from roving reporter. Hey, Farm, what's someone who studies things under the sea called? Uh, an undersea researcher? Wrong. If you reckon you can do better than Farm at Trivia, join the Out of the Blue team for our annual Radiothon fundraiser, Wednesday the 10th of May at Highlander Bar, 6pm. 
and get your tickets via the Out of the Blue Facebook page or search Out of the Blue on eventbrite.com.au. Words out. Freedom of species has hit the airwaves. Tune in for debates and updates on both local and international animal protection news and events and learn about how you can live a cruelty-free, sustainable lifestyle. News, views and non-leather shoes. That's Freedom of Species, 1pm Sundays on 3CR. Authorised by the last few remaining kangaroos, Canberra. Our two neighbours on, um, airwave neighbours, if you like, on Out of the Pan, um, Freedom of Species coming up soon. And of course, yes, support the Out of the Blue Trivia Night and, well, study up on your answers, I suppose. Um, lots of things coming up and um, got to do one for 3CR because in half an hour's time, if you're listening live at the Northcote Social Club, is the second of our community radio benefits. Um, so lots of ways to support 3CR and, of course, you can donate to us online. Other things happening, um, of course... Um, we've got the Polyvic Social this afternoon down at the Terminus and Bent TV's on Friday night and then um, Gender Queer Australia meet next Saturday. But uh, as we get to the end of the show, we had to remember why I've invited uh, and <laughs> Gabriel coming because there's a very important event coming up, which I've popped a link. Um, I'll get it onto the other Facebook post shortly in, a com- in the comment section. But there's an LGBTIQ carers consultation um, coming up um, in about two weeks' time, and it's part of what well, I call it Ida Hobbit season now. Ida Hobbit season, duck season. No, Ida Hobbit season. Um, tell us quickly, you know, quickly in the time we have left about that. Okay, so um, we are having a, um, national, a Victorian consultation um, that Carers Victoria is doing with the state government to hear from carers of all backgrounds, ages, uh, localities. But in particular, we want to hear from LGBTIQ carers. And so it's on Tuesday the 16th of May at 6.30 to 8.30 at Hares and Hyenas. So... Um, Roland and Crusader have been fantastic in supporting us to provide that um, that venue. Um, Louise Cooper will be uh, facilitating, which mm-hmm. is fantastic, Dr. Louise Cooper. So we're in really good hands. And um, if you want to register, you can ring one eight hundred two four two six three six, preferably before Tuesday the ninth of May would be great. Or there is an event bright link that we can put on the uh, the website as well. But we would really like to hear. This is this is our chance to shape. Um, carer support services through the Victorian government um, to develop a, a carer statement and um, possibly even then with a view to working at some stage to advocating towards a, a strategy. So it's really important that the LGBTIQ carer voice is uh, is heard. If people can't come on the 16th of May at 6.30, then they can uh, fill in the online survey. And um, I guess we're just here to say, please, as many LGBTIQ people... Um, as possible who are in caring relationships. We would love to hear your thoughts. Um, The other thing is that uh, we're also looking for the um, input from people who are not LGBTIQ but may be caring for someone who is. All parts of both, all directions, so to speak. Yes, that's right. All right. 
Look, um, we're going to have to leave it there. We said we'd throw in a couple of tips, and um, you, Meredith, you came along last weekend to Trans Family and had lots of great tips. Remember, carers to look after yourself. It is the a well-known analogy, but the oxygen mask analogy. You've got to put your own oxygen mask on first, and you know, sort of. Sometimes we give a lot and don't look after ourselves. So remember to look after yourselves, whatever you can do, whether it's just a bit of time out or sit in the forest or whatever works for you to do your own self-care. But um, got to and, think. and there's heaps of tips on the website at carersvictoria.org.au as well. All right, better race out, um, but um, do. I got an email during the week um, from someone, Evan Westfowl at eavnwstfal.com who sent me a wonderful track. I've got to say I like this. For, I'll give it a bit of a run now because I promised and we'll um, give this and other tracks from Evan's um, music um, a run in the next few weeks. But I like this one. Take it out today with nothing to do with carers at all, but gay pirates. Um, I did like this, so we'll um, give it a bit of a run. And um, I'd better race out and make way for Freedom of Species. But um, thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. Thanks, Meredith. Thanks, Gavril. And to everyone, catch you next week.